I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. everyone and welcome to you're, you're killing, killing it, it. <laughs> or are you <laughs> we say you i like are. how we just we just worked out this weird singing version <laughs> of that that probably doesn't even suit what we're talking about but we're we're in it now i feel like this is it <laughs> we're gonna do it every episode oh no and the, or are you or are you <laughs> Uh, well, people are starting to get used to the idea of, um, you know, you're killing it and, you know, us going, well, why? I've had that. I've yes. had it said to me three times already in the past probably three, four days. And I'm like, yeah. why? Well, yes. why? What does that mean? So, what does that mean? Exactly. So it's constantly uh, getting people thinking. <laughs> and obviously we are um, enjoying bringing killers onto the not real killers but like people who are yeah killing it. people who are killing it in real life and having a chat to them about what it means to them and you know I think as a you know as artists we all we all go through that kind of imposter syndrome thing as well so often we can you know externally really visibly look like we are or posting a lot on social media but potentially we're nowhere near where we would actually feel like we were killing it so that's what we're liking to talk about here uh, exactly. I don't feel like I'm killing it today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've had a bit of a rough trot this morning, but that's okay. That's okay. You still are killing yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I'm not putting any social media pictures of me looking super happy just yet because I was in tears about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know you're not projecting an external, like, vision of perfection when, you know, inside you're crumbling. So it's fine. It's fine. We're talking about the realities of it, which I think is very healthy. I think it's great. Yes, and, and that's the thing. You can still have your off days and that's absolutely fine as well. And it? It, But as long as you, you know, able to pick yourself up again and, um, you know, focus on getting, like, not being derailed for too long, I think. Um, yeah I mean that definitely is um something that really resonates with me over the last you know year or 18 months you know when you we've been in at times we've been locked in the house for up to four months and you you definitely have your your sad days and your your low days then and just having um, I found having little little goals or little objectives or little creative things to do really helped me but um you know and now Sydney's Sydney's in a big lockdown so I'm getting lots of messages from friends in Sydney that uh, potentially didn't really understand what we were going through last year and they're kind of starting to get it. So I'm sending them lots of tips from what worked with me last year and 
trying to keep their spirits up because um, it's not fun being locked in your house, that's for sure. It's, um, no, awful. it's not fun and it's also not fun when, uh, you know, for the, the creative world, mm. um, you know, a lot of your opportunities are ripped out from underneath you. Yes. A lot of what you know and a lot of, um, you know, what how people make money um, has been stripped away from them in yes. this time. It's Which also... That, that is, you know, often part of people's whole identity. It was something that I had to really come to grips with is like, what am I if I'm not a music photographer? Like, who am I? What does that look like? And um, it's, yeah. it's so entrenched in who I am and how I, how I present to the world because I love what I do so much. So yes. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's really important to understand that outside what we do we are also valuable humans that contribute in different ways as well and that's really hard when like you said stuff is just you know ripped out from under you you know and all of a sudden you you can't do what you usually do so yeah yes and that's that's a really good segue into you know what this episode's about and um Mm. you know we want to talk about with you all today is it today? Um, is it <laughs> today, mate? <laughs> I've been I'm an Aussie. I know. <laughs> Where did that come from? Eh? I, <laughs> when I listen back to any of our edits, I'm like, man, my voice is strong. My accent. I think I'm sounding more and more Kiwi now, which is, that's not a bad uh, thing. So. No, it's not. I love the Kiwi accent. So yeah. keep it up, mate. You can yeah, be thanks, a nice mate. balance to the bogan Aussie accent on this side. So. <laughs> Lots of people think I sound Australian over here. So I'm like, oh, okay. Nah, man, Kiwi is. So, yeah, we wanted to talk to you today about is it too late to chase your passions, Mm -hmm. chase your dreams, follow your dreams. Um, And this is an interesting segue into it because obviously COVID has ripped the carpet out from uh, under people's feet uh, Mm. in general, but also if you're a creative person, um and you know maybe for those people in lockdown who actually picked up an instrument or picked up a camera or started to um you know delve into a passion and then mm-hmm. started to think seriously about it um and going well is you know this is something I've discovered in lockdown but is this something I could actually make into a career and is it too late totally and I think mm. too like um the the whole situation with the pandemic has made people reevaluate what they do like what's important to them a lot of people have realized that their nine to five perhaps is not what they really want to be doing do they want to be stuck at a desk all day so reevaluating what they really love to do and that might be a, a, a passion project or a side hustle and and we wanted to talk about today like you know potentially if you're in your late 20s or early 30s or even later you might think that it's too late and and we're suggesting that it's not <laughs> yeah it's not so, too late <laughs> it's not too late so yeah. that's and that's what we want to dig into so Michelle um you as we've said in previous podcasts and many chats that we've had um mm. that you picked up your uh, camera for the first time um in your well 30 or 31 years 31 yeah yeah, yep. yeah. So, um, yeah, tell everyone about that. Yeah, so I mean, it's a really unusual story, and it's it's tricky to use myself as an example. Uh, um, but you know, some people have said they do find it inspiring because I did find my passion quite late. But 
Um, I have lot. I've had lots of different careers. Um, I, you know, I worked for the National Basketball League, Basketball League in marketing. I worked in AFL in marketing. I worked in event management. I worked in film production for a long time. I've had lots of different kind of chunks of careers. And the one just before uh, photography, I actually had a dance production company. Um, is a very oh, long wow. story. Very, it's very long and very traumatic, st- long story. But um, the the dance production company failed miserably after 18 months of working very hard towards something. And um, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it was, it was awful. It was just like, it, it didn't work oh. out. And it was a, a team of people that we, we really believed in what we were doing and we thought it was going to work and it had every sign of working and, and uh, um, it didn't. And that was probably the first time in my life where I've ever had like a really epic failure like that. I definitely am one of those like overachievers and and haven't had, you know, a lot of what I've tried to do has been really successful and it's just how I've gone through life. And um, this was just one of those catastrophic, like literally face plant, um, lost, personally lost a lot of money. Um, a lot of money for myself and, and for my husband we put into this business and um and also the guilt of that was really something that I hadn't experienced before of just something mm. not working and and losing that much money for you know our our uh, our family not that we have children but it's you know I guess it's we're still a family so um yeah. so that was that was really 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 tricky to go through and um just before this happened my husband bought me a camera for Christmas and he'd noticed that I like taking photos at parties. I like to document things and not, I never took it seriously. Like I never was oh, thinking I was a photographer. I was never like composing images or anything like that. It was just literally snapshot. I like to document from, I guess, um, a memory kind of keepsake point of view. Um, so he bought me my first DSLR and then this thing happened. <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? And I, uh, you'll love this, Tam. I went back to, um, I went back to temping just at doing, okay, let's just do some general admin stuff just to get some income. And, yeah. and I remember yeah. this day so vividly. <laughs> exactly. I remember this day so vividly. So I was temping at this company and the, this woman, she asked me to empty the dishwasher. I'm like, okay, mm. cool. Let's go empty the dishwasher. And she came back to my desk like 10 minutes later and she's like, excuse me, can I please have a word with you, Michelle? And I was like, uh, okay. She like waltzed me through the office, passed everybody into the kitchen. She picked up a cup that I'd put away and she shoved it in my face and the cup was dirty. And she right. said, what is this? Like you've emptied dirty dishes. You know, she's like, now she's like, you have to check every single dish and reload the dishwasher and like I was just mortified like obviously you know it's (laughs) it's just like I was just like and I remember calling Jarvis and and um you know I finished out the day and then I went home and I contacted the temp company and I was just like I can't do this like I just I'm not I'm, I'm definitely not above anything like I don't feel like um you know it it just was this this moment of just a massive wake up call. Like I can't go back to just being an absolute shit kicker where somebody's going to tell me 
that I emptied the dishwasher wrong. Like I felt like <laughs> I worked way too hard, you know, and I'd had all of this other success in my careers to just be at the bottom of the fucking pack again and just feel like yeah. a piece of shit. I was just like, I can't yeah. do this. And that was when Java said to me, like, you know, at that time I'd done a couple of just little shoots for fun and a couple of friends of mine who were photographers were like, hey, we, like, there's something here, like two separate people, one one is a professional photographer and one is um, like a hobby photographer, and they were like, we think that, you know, there's something here. You've got the eye, like, you know, there's, there's, there's some potential here. And I, that was kind of all I needed, to be honest, was like somebody to tell me that they, they saw something in me. And, and Jarvis, my husband, was like, hey, why don't you just give this a crack. Why don't you just do this for six months and see what happens? And so that's what I did. I I literally threw myself into photography and I, within six months, I had a business. Like I went professional within six months, which is like kind of unheard of. But I think um, I, I really see it as I didn't see that I had any other choice at that point. Like there was no fallback plan. This was like, I have to make this work because I don't want to be emptying dishwashers and getting in trouble for doing that. Like I don't want to start (laughs) at the bottom of the pack anymore. So I want to be responsible. And also too, I didn't really tell the full story about the, the business, but basically it was an accountant that was responsible for very, very poor money handling. And I just was like, I don't want my destiny in my career to be in the hands of anyone else I just want to be responsible for myself and if I'm going to be lazy that's on me and if I'm going to work really really hard and I see the success that's also on me like there's no one else that can take that away from me so I guess it was just yeah just utter desperation I just threw myself into it and it was definitely um you know a bunch of really lucky things happen I guess like I just um fell in with some artists in Melbourne that were kind of on their rise and I kind of you know came up with them and um it just it kind of clicked really really quickly but I also worked really hard and I remember I remember people commenting in those early days about just my hustle game and that I would constantly be hustling constantly like what can I do who can I shoot for how can I help you just making every connection that I could make to try and propel my career forward. And and it did, it worked, it worked really well. Yeah, yeah. And we'll dig more into that, um, you know, further further down the track in this podcast um, to talk about recognising, you know, that hustle, like the, you know, understanding the opportunities of where you might do low paid or free work versus, Mm. um, you know, just not seeing that. So we'll dig into that. Um, soon but that's a really um, compelling and interesting story and um, really inspiring too because I think a lot of people and I think also particularly for women who Mm. might be considering children in their late 20s early 30s oh what's the point in starting something now if I'm going to become a mom you know that as well for people and and that's so true yeah, so do people feel like they can't because they're going to be busy being a mum? So therefore, they might just need to stay in their safe paid job for now, get their maternity leave. So that's also a massive mm. challenge for people, and maybe not even just for women. You know, um, you know, people in general who are having kids mm. to go, oh crap, you know, I'm going to need this job security. It might be silly time to jump and take that risk. 
but I don't I don't agree in my own world like yeah yeah how do you how, how do you relate to this topic in your experience with you yeah know, well I'm following your passion to, yeah I'm similar to you actually um it was interesting um so there's a few things so I had vocal surgery twice and was told that you know the second time I had it if if I if it didn't work that I could lose my singing voice forever that was unbelievably petrifying so I think for me rewind back I Mm. as a teenager and into my early 20s I was doing theater music at theater shows so performing you know Les Miserables and things like that and um holding down some pretty big roles and stuff like that in New Zealand um and then I encountered vocal trouble and I'd literally left school believing that I was going to make it in some way shape or form again define your like what does Mm. success mean and in particular as as a performer and as an artist Mm. so I kind of thought this is my path yeah and so I started to get into theater but I wasn't really you know sure if that's what I wanted to do but I used to perform with Kimbra a lot when she was um when we were growing up and we went to um you know same theater company and stuff like that and when she kind of had her awesome opportunities, she's done so awesomely. Um, and she went down that pathway of the record deal and things like that. And I ended up getting vocal surgery twice. And it was mm. quite a significant thing for me of like, you know, someone yeah. that I with and seeing how she kind of rose to this amazing, awesome person and, and artist that she's become. And here I was um, not able to sing at all. I lost my identity um, because I just always thought that's what I was meant to do. Mm. And yep. I'm Tam, I'm the singer. Um, I can't picture anything else. Um, mm. And then also, as I'd said to you before, I was married young too. So, you know, yeah. 22 years old, I'm, you know, mortgage, husband, um, you know, experiencing vocal troubles and not being able to sing or perform at all. And, low, you know, lower end of it, like ended up um, doing admin work and like yeah. finance yeah. dealing with all the Karens of the world and I'm just like this is not my life this is absolutely miserable yes. How did this yes yes so for me a lot of my persistence determination resilience um drive and hustle was off the back of getting my voice back mm. and that cost my husband and I a lot of money same as you guys mm. Um, I was putting all of my time into trying to get my voice back and I was kind of you know I wasn't earning good money back then like pretty low wages and I was spending a lot on therapists and you know the surgeries and I was you know it, it was flights to and from Melbourne after I'd had surgery and just coaches and all sorts but I was determined that my voice was gonna I was gonna get it back um I was doing exercises every hour on the hour in the toilets at work mm. and having people be like, what are you doing in what there? Doing? I'm doing my vocal rehabilitation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I lost who I was. I lost my identity. I lost all of yeah. that. Um, that's what I was about. But it really forced me to dig deeper inside and I stopped being so self-involved and like, you know, kind of as in, oh, this is just like devastating. Like start to yes. think about other people in the world. So I took a job as a medical assistant at the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne, 2010, I think it was. 
I took that job knowing that I needed to get a different perspective on life. I'd mm-hmm. become too wrapped up in what I'd lost that yep. I needed to go and help in a, in a role like that, in a place like that. And the yep. things that I saw in there, these tiny, wee, gorgeous little children, three years old, receiving, you know, radiotherapy and chemo. And um, it was it was an eye-opener-ish. Like it was. Yeah. It you just really get that perspective. Set, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I kind of, at, at the same time, because I was on such a path of like, I couldn't sing. I'd lost my rhythm. I couldn't remember how to harmonize. Um I was slowly getting my confidence back, but I also was pretty new to Melbourne at the time. So I didn't have lots of music connections. And um, so at the same time needed to earn my money. And then this is yeah. when I fell into technology. Yeah. And so I, you know, did those painful, you know, roles of like, you know, washing dishes and and <laughs> not that I don't, I'm the same as you. I don't mind doing yeah. that. Yeah, yes, I, same, yeah. But um, it was just kind of, it, it felt like a slog a lot. Um, and then, but I, for me, it was like, okay, it wasn't so much the same for you as in like, I'm going to pick up a camera at 31. Mm. For me, it was like, oh my gosh, when is, when is all this going to be through? And I can confidently get up and sing um, and, and start chasing this dream. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have to do all of the admin stuff as well to pay my bills. When can I do that? For yes. Me? Yes. And yeah. it's just been, um, you know, a lot of dedication and hard work. So it, I didn't actually, I, when I, it was interesting, I went to an audition when my voice started to get back on track. It had been in years of, of all of this rehab and stuff. I decided to go to an audition of a theater show and I was like, Oh, cool. I'm going to suss it out. And, yeah. um, I went and I, the singing part was fine, even though I was shit scared. I nailed that part. <laughs> but then it was like, all right, now you've got to do, and this is what you'll laugh at. Now you've got to do hip hop dancing. And I was like, what the hang? I'm a tap dancer from <laughs> back in the day. I, have you ever no. seen, have you ever seen that video of that like seriously like white Karen lady and she's like teaching hip hop dancing? I'm just like getting a vision of you like. And a one and a two and a three and a four. I can definitely twerk. Like, I'm, <laughs> my bum's not that small. Oh, my like, God, that's but, so funny. <laughs> there's a slight bit of Kath and Kim vibes happening in there that's as well. So, when funny. I <laughs> so I was like, stuff this. I am not going to this hip hop audition and making a dick of myself in front of everybody. So, yep. did yep. the singing. They were like doing rows. You to go up and like perform. Oh my gosh, it was so bad. It was like everyone would have their hands on their head and mine would be in the air. And I was like, oh shit. So I just was like, I need, so I said to them, can I please go to the toilet? And this is in the middle of the auditions. And they were like, yes, yeah, sure, no worries. And I never came back. <laughs> I was like, I'm never doing those again, ever. You've done and- an audition ghost. I've never heard of such thing. Yes, I auditioned Ghosted. That's the- <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that man, I was so like, never funny. again. Just left mid-audition. Did she die in the toilet? Like, what happened? We never saw her ever again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I don't re- regret ghosting that audition. But what it did make me realise was, and Kimber was actually one of those people straight after that, audition I said to her I ran away from an audition you know after vocal surgery things just haven't felt normal right for me I don't know where I belong musically 
And she said, why don't you start writing some of your own stuff or collaborating mm. with someone else? And um, so I started, a mate gave me a keyboard. I started writing my own stuff and I didn't really know if it was good or anything, but I just knew I had a lot. Like, you know, this is when my marriage started to break down. I had a lot mm. to kind of let out and say. The idea of getting up and singing in front of people with just me and a piano was petrifying. I just didn't think that would ever happen. Mm. And sure enough, it did, you know, through determination yeah. and all that. Um, and then I ended up selling a bunch of my work to neighbors, the TV show. So, yes. um, and then Home and Away started using it. And I thought, oh, wow, okay, here I was, you know, not sure if there was commerciality in my staff or where it was going to go. And I got this opportunity to start, you know, syncing, you know, with Mushroom yes. and like, and, and, and getting these opportunities, um, to to yeah put my stuff on tv so that was quite cool because it gave me a bit of a push in the right direction yeah it um, gives you that validation that you need at that time to be like okay this is I can do this like there's people yeah. that believe in me very similar to like you know these two photographers that said this you know to me at the start like you just need a bit of a push sometimes for you to sometimes, continue to, yes. to go yeah 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 and and I think that that was what I needed and um I got that confidence and then I was like, cool, I, I can do this. But the, the hard thing that we were going to talk about in that part of it too is, you know, in our in the creative industry, like especially for, I guess, artists like music musicians and performers, it is harder when you are one of the older females, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm not 20. And so yeah. I when I released my first single and it went, went all over the radio and stuff and, um, I had Sony and Warner from um, the States contacting me and they literally said, how old, how old are you? Yeah. 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 They couldn't work it out, but they were like, how old are you? And I was like, I don't want to be, why do you need to know that? Like, can you not appreciate the music that I'm putting forward? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so yeah. weird that that's such a big consideration. And I definitely, I, I know this because um, when we made our documentary that came out uh, in 2018, Her Sound, Her Story, which was specifically on women in music, this is one mm. of the biggest things that we continually heard from artists was just that ageism just being so, like playing such a big part in their, their careers and yeah. at every turn people would be asking about how old they were or how old did they appear to be and yeah. And the women that were a little bit older, like in their 30s and 40s and even 50s, were like, I've got more to say than ever right now. I'm writing the best work of my life. Because that's what happens when you've been doing something for 15, 20 years. You get really good at your craft and you've had experience in life and you've got yeah. things to say. You're not just a little naive 18-year-old. Not to say that 18-year-olds don't have anything to say because they absolutely do, but it's different. Yeah. It's this different yeah. world experience. But the industry is saying we don't want to hear from you. Like what you say yeah. as a woman, an older woman doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think that that's such a deterrent for people as well. Like why would I go and start out writing music and getting out there in my thirties, you know, because people are like, Oh, you know, you, you're just not going to cut through these young. And, you know, I've had people go, Oh, you know, adult contemporary, like, um, you know, and, but you, you think about people like say tones and I, you Google her, it says she's 19. She's not, she's 27. So you, it's like, why, why does that need to be an issue? Like, I feel sad that, sh that 
somehow some ways like leading that you know that kind of thing there to be like oh you need to appear to be a bit younger it's a real shame for people because like you said yeah they you do have more to say you do get your confidence and you do start to yeah feel it, it just means I think that the world's not hearing really amazing art from mature women that have like different perspectives and different worldviews like I like what a shame that's a shame that that's still a thing in this day and age that that um you know women are held to different stairs and not to, it's not to say that men aren't in the music industry as well because there, there definitely are you know those examples of the young bright you know um, male artists that comes through as well but I just feel like men are definitely given different opportunities for longer like you know you're not there's you know artists in their 50s and 60s that aren't being told like you know when are they going to hang out their boots and isn't it time yeah. that they, you know, retire or whatever as much, I yeah. think, as um, yeah. as women, you know? Yeah, it's like you yeah. look at like Jagger versus Madonna type thing, you know, and. Yeah, think, yeah. Yeah, you do wonder. But there's so many perks to be, you know, I mean, that that was for me for the music stuff. But I also, I think one of the things we were talking about before was, um, you know, making that decision to go all in um and but also for maybe um our creative people knowing that there's not necessarily consistent or necessarily good money in mm-hmm. chasing it and I think that was for me was that I was at the same time trying to f- turn it into full-time work um had this beautiful serendipitous moment of meeting Robin Locke um and becoming a consultant and a coach in technology but also being able to bring my music into technology as mm. part of, you know, a you know, using lots of different fundamental things that that we do in as creatives, bringing yeah. that into the workplace and rolling that out into teams and teams of executives and stuff like this. This um, kind of being able to marry those things up has made yeah. me realize I'm exactly where I should be, and. Yes. It was very hard to accept that I might not be, you know, doing like stadiums selling out all over the world at 25 years old. But yeah. I also think um, the satisfaction of doing what I'm doing now with, you know, the, the digital stuff and and with the music is like I'm real satisfied being able to play in all of those areas and um you know having the skill sets and the knowledge and the experience that I do um is it's 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 way cooler <laughs> yeah I mean I definitely agree with that and I, I I definitely feel like there was something that with all of the years of experience that I had in different careers and different roles really helped when I went out on my own as a photographer because I had business skills like I and that's I see so many young photographers um failing or really struggling just because they don't have basic um business skills and that can just be simple things as budgeting and accounting or invoicing Mm and or just clear communication and and being on top of emails and all of those things that might seem when you've been you know in working for so long it just seems second nature but for for someone that just starts out as a a teenager or young adult those things can be really tricky so I think there's something quite beneficial in starting a little bit later and it definitely has really helped me just having that maturity and the, all of those different skills that just um, work hand in hand with you know as a freelance business person 
hundred percent. It's it's cutting your teeth, isn't it? And all of those, you know, admin-y temping roles and stuff that we hated actually did build up a skill set, um, you know, that we, that we do use in our creative freelancing stuff, even the marketing. Yeah, marketing. like what about just working with assholes? Like because you yeah. have to do it all of the time yeah. and just dealing with difficult people and clients. And not to say that, you know, you need to put up with shit, but just understanding different dynamics and how to work through difficult situations. And, again, that's something that I have seen young people struggle with because um, at the first sign of some type, you know, hostility or there's there's a there's a block in communication they just freak out and just being able to work through that stuff and find okay we need to find some you know happy medium in this situation we don't just need to walk away from a client because of whatever and uh, again it just I think comes down to maturity which we were saying um, has been really beneficial for both of us Yes, yes, which is another good segue. Segue is the word today. <laughs> segue. It's a good nice sing start. all of the titles, sing and dance yes. all the titles to the segue. <laughs> I wish you guys could see, guys and girls could see the nice hand movements she's doing. It's very cute. <laughs> um, so this is another thing. So having maturity and starting, you know, chasing your dreams a little bit later in life and following your passions is great because you have maturity. And we were talking about um, being able to recognize the value in um, doing unpaid or low paid work um, mm-hmm. takes maturity because something that we've noticed with a lot of younger people is, um, you know, that there's probably a little bit less of that appetite or like maybe just not being able to recognize, Hey, if I actually cut my teeth and do this, this work for free for now, I could meet some really inspiring, amazing people. I could get myself a mentor or I could, yeah. you know, seems to be a I, bit more. Hmm. I see it as actually, cause I think there's plenty of young people that understand they need to work for free and stuff. What I see is they're actually working for free often in the wrong situations And I think, again, there's something with the maturity and being able to sit back and say, is this a mutually beneficial opportunity or am I just being taken for a ride for, you know, in my my example, it's free photos. So there's definitely situations that uh, giving away photographs can be a mutually beneficial thing. And that might sound very counterintuitive. Sorry about that, Train. That's very loud. Hang on. Yeah, I've got something loud out here as well in this. It's gone. It was just being super loud. Um, Being able to recognise those opportunities when, you know, I mean, clients will often, you know, try and lean on stuff like this and say this could lead to more work. And, And then, you know, what I think people struggle with is if you've done two or three free jobs for someone and you're not getting paid work after that, then you're probably being taken for a ride and it's a yeah. that's a good time to kind of cut your losses. But there's um there's definitely been, you know, moments in my career. I mean, my my first project was um I did a book on Australian hip hop. So I went around the country taking portraits of Australian hip hop artists. It was like 188 people in that book. And so I, you know, completely funded that myself. I went around Australia, took all these photos of all these artists. I gave everybody photographs as well. And wow. so that might sound like super weird, like what well, I'm just doing all of this stuff and giving away all these photos. But two things happened with that. I, I produced a book 
that when it dropped, you know, everybody knew who I was because this is this, you know, hardcover book portraits of, you know, all of these artists that is a tangible thing. It's a, it's a thing that people can see is a, is a project that's been fulfilled. But also there's all these photos floating around Instagram and Twitter and Facebook that have me tagged. So everybody saw who's Michelle Grace Hunter, who's she's taking photos everywhere. So the perception yeah. was I was killing it before that yeah. I was killing it because nobody <laughs> knew what I was doing at that time. It's just like I was working yeah. on this project that everybody's seeing these photos where I'm tagged in everything. So just yeah. being smart yeah. about how you utilize that, you know, like, yes, that might be seeing that I'm giving away all these photographs, but there's, you know, for me, it was a means to an end. It was, you know, helping the people out that have helped me with this project. So they're in my book. I'm giving them something tangible as well. And then the plus side is the whole industry is seeing this photographer. And I, you know, I burst onto the scene in 2014 and the book came out, sorry, 2012, the book came out in 2014. So two years is not that long, you know, that's a really short period of time to Mm. try and establish yourself. And so, you know, just hustling and working really hard, you know. Yes, yes. And that's, and that's an, that's a really great example about, you know, doing the mahi, doing the hard work and, um, mm. you know, knowing and recognizing the value in, in not necessarily just financial return, the, the value yes. in what, what you're going to learn, who you might meet. Yes. And it's kind of been the same for me with singing. Like I often get approached to, uh, sing on people's records or write a song for them or um, you know I just had a company in New York um, approach me to ask if I would register as one of their songwriters um, and I don't I haven't well I haven't responded yet I haven't left them on scene I haven't ghosted them I just, <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you for the offer this sounds cool um, let me have a read over your stuff uh, but yeah. you know um, those sorts of things like, uh, understanding if I go and say, do a collaboration on a song, how much, mm. are, you know, obviously not expecting, um, things like fight, there's no financial stuff. You might go in and just collaborate for the fun of it mm. and stuff, but how much of that stuff do you do where, you know, you could be spending a lot of time stressing and doing co-writes with people, um, and finding out that it's not quite, you'd rather be working on your own stuff. Or is it a really good opportunity to, you know, so being able to pick and choose those, like is it worth kind of going and doing backup vocals um, over here because you can help this artist get ahead? Or it's just, it's literally about, um, yeah, just picking the right opportunities and understanding the value and it's not necessarily needing to be a financial gain, but also having a learning mindset and not a fixed mindset. I think if you have a learning mindset, then you are open to taking on things that are pushing you out of your comfort zone. And yeah, um, totally. I think, I think that's that, really that, that thing of just mutually beneficial because, um, you know, I, I do a lot of mentoring in this space now and I'm trying to, to get people to understand the nuances of what we do because it isn't black and white. Like, and some mm. young people that, you know, they've heard you don't work for free. So they're just hard and fast. You don't work for free. And I just think that's actually shooting themselves in the foot because it, it is nuance. It is really like I, I was trying to explain to someone recently, like, listen to your gut. Like your gut will tell you when you're being taken for a ride. Your gut will be like, oh, this doesn't feel right, you know. And I know that sounds really like kind of airy-fairy and I think 
you know, in my 40s now, I really am listening to my gut a lot more than I was. And it is there, there is an intuition there where it just is like, holy shit, this doesn't feel right. There's something about this. Yeah. Uh, and asking other people, you know, asking older people or people that have been in the industry for a while, does this sound like a good opportunity or is it, is this is like yeah. kind of too good to be true or whatever? So don't be scared to ask other people as well because they might be able to identify that it is a good opportunity or you're completely being taken for a ride. So like just yes. being able to suss it out, I think is really handy. Exactly. And um, so we're probably going to wind up soon because we've got another date doing something else exciting. <laughs> um, so mysterious. <laughs> we've got more exciting things <laughs> boiling away in the background. Um but how do you recognize, and I think for you, uh, it was different in your story of going, okay, I'm here now. I have no choice but to go all in and throw it all in. So, but then say for my situation around music, um, we've spoken about this before, like how do you recognize it's a side hustle versus a throw it in and go for it thing? And so I think for me, this is where I'm really grateful to have Wellbeings Group and, you know, the our company with the boys, like, um, because we I get to do music as a hustle and I still, you know, still get a lot of value out of doing that. But I've also got other stuff going on. And um, I feel like for performing artists, um, it's this really strange dichotomy of, like, throw it all in and go hard um but there's and there's there's luck is in timing that comes with that as well because i know some incredibly dedicated talented amazing artists who are 100% up there with some of the biggest artists in the world in terms of talent and songwriting and performance and all that and they've been going at it for a really long time and it's just like you know, they're still chipping away and it's been 10 years. or you, And that that moving into that next layer doesn't necessarily always happen for people. And then I think people get into, into their late 30s and early 40s and they go, well, you know, the industry's saying I'm getting a bit older now. Do I need to hang up the boots? That's a good question. Do you? Like, do you want to be a wedding singer at 40 years old? Or do you, you know, that's such a... A, it's yeah. a really there's, I think there's two things there I think there's again it goes back to what is your definition of success and why you're doing things so if if yeah. your definition of success was wanting to do it full time and derive most of your income from that thing then maybe there is a point where you have to reassess that to be like okay I have been doing this for 10 15 years it's that that hasn't happened but can I still do it and have an, you know another part-time job and, and bring in money that way versus mm. doing the passion thing that you love because it you can't not do it. You know what I mean? Like you can't, yes. there's no way in the world I can imagine, you know, your life not singing or not songwriting. Like that's going to be a part of your life no matter what, no matter whether you're getting income. And the same with me, like no matter what, yeah. I think I'm going to be taking photos for the rest of my life. So I think yeah. there's that, you know, it's definitely multifaceted. For young people, I've always just advised to go as hard as you possibly can, you know, yes. with potentially having a part-time job, just bringing some income in. But I really do feel like the if you can focus the majority of time on what you're on your craft and your yes. networking and, and your, you know, building your brand, 
Mm-hmm. It's going to be so much beneficial for you than, than if you're kind of half in, half out, and you've got a job over here that's taking up all of your time. And, um, you know, specifically for younger people that do have that opportunity, because I think it definitely is harder when you're older and you start bringing, you know, potentially family dynamics and you've got kids and like it, it becomes really complicated. So, um, yeah. there, there probably isn't a right answer here than what feels right for you but I truly believe like the the more that you can put into a craft the more benefit that is going to come out from that and then like you said there is an element of luck and sometimes bad luck and we all know those stories of the person that didn't quite make it and they had all the talent in the world unfortunately so that also happens as well so that's a reality Yes. Yeah. And it's just about, I think it's about seeking out, you know, what makes you feel fulfilled. And, um, you know, for me, I truly believe that what makes me feel fulfilled is actually being able to help other people, um, you know, find what their niche is or find their icky guy, you know, their meaning to life or their reason for being, you know, I was just about to say that with that, that purpose thing. And I think it changes. I I've really moved into that space as well. Like, um, it becomes less about you and more about what can you what can you pass on to a future generation like i'm definitely feeling like in that space now and trying to like not hold any secrets it's just like just there you go this is all of the yeah. information that i know and this is going to help you you know um and and like you said before when you know when you were back um you worked at the hospital for a bit finding a purpose that gives you perspective as well I think is really important and not not being so self-involved and understanding that you know even to be able to you know a creative thing to be a possibility in our lives is such a privilege because so many people around the world like that's not that's not even an option so being able to see that for what it is is actually really important yes and I think you know having lost my my you know, mm. my voice, which is my, that's my heart and soul. That's your everything. Yeah. It's my everything. And I lost mm. that. And so I think when you have that taken away and then you can like, um, I guess, work your ass off to get it back again. And um, it gives you a whole new spin on things as well to be like, man, I can't take that for granted. Like I had to, you know, Absolutely. I lost that and I did it really hard to get that back. And um, yeah. So Thanks everyone for listening. I feel like Yay. you and I would sit there till all hours of the night. We all we always okay. know. That, yes. That, yeah. We're just <laughs> um, chatting away. <laughs> chatting away. But before we um finish, we were going to talk about <laughs> a new <laughs> baby segment that we are Yeah, baby doing. segment. Baby segment. <laughs> so well, we kind of talked about it in the first episode about yeah. I guess inappropriate dms that we get in a professional sense and we i guess we wanted to ask people if they get them if they could send them to us so we could share them with and just but like i guess we don't want to give away any identity so we can obviously cross out whoever sent them but just send us the messages that you get that are like completely inappropriate from a business perspective (laughs) or that you're just questioning like just like, random yeah just random yeah so like you know and i was joking that um i never ever ever get inappropriate dms of any kind whatsoever but i did get one 
Yes, you go yes, away. Yeah, I, I did. Well, I, I mean, it's it's borderline very innocent, and and but it's it would it made me laugh because I said like I never I never get anything that's even uh, remotely hilarious. But you I have been asking. I have been putting it out there so, that, you know, the uh, the universe will deliver. But I got this one yesterday in LinkedIn that said, uh, hi, Michelle, I would like to connect with you. There's an opportunity for me to work with you if you want. I have extensive experience in photo editing, retouching, background removal, uh, photo restoration, uh, photo uh, manipulation and photo editing. And I was like, oh, interesting, good. Um, you know, that's appropriate for I'm a photographer. Please visit my portfolio. And then the last line. I don't know why this made me laugh so much, but looking forward to meaningful conversations in the not too distant future. <laughs> meaning convers- meaningful, I- meaningful, meaningful conversations about retouching, about photo so so funny. I mean, this is this is how I mean, this is how you really know that I never get any inappropriate because this is the extent of anything that even bring, crosses. Bring them on the pod. Bring them on the pod. What do you mean meaningful by meaningful conversations? Hey, okay? I just thought that was funny. So anyway, I'm sure people have got much better examples than that. So if you have an example and you're willing to share it with us, we want to start a little mini segment where we just laugh at uh, we slide into all your DMs. Yeah, we yeah. Sli- we slide into all your DMs and we have a look at what's happening out there in the world and we discuss <laughs> it. So let's see, let's see if anybody sends us anything. We'll see. We'll be funny. All right, everyone, we got a split, but we um, enjoyed um, today's combo. It's been great. And, yeah, we can't wait for some more exciting guests coming up. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll see you guys in the next episode of You're Killing killing It. it. That was awful, but well done. (laughs) We need to get that song worked out. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.